This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 12, 2017. Rumble Strips, Relationships. So the question then would be, why are we talking about rumble strips at Connection Church this morning? Well, it's kind of like this. Um, have any of you taken part in a Bible study or been part of the Bible study guardrails by Andy Stanley? Yeah. Um, good Bible study. The idea behind it being that just as a guardrail keeps us from running off the road into disaster, we need personal guardrails in our lives to keep us from running into personal da- disaster, off into the deep end in our personal lives. And so I'm driving along the road one day, and I'm kind of looking at the guardrails, thinking about the personal guardrails, the Andy Stanley kind of guardrails, and I had this like aha moment, like the light bulb went off, you know, and I, I'm thinking, you know, if you, I'm looking at a guardrail, I'm thinking if you veer off and hit a guardrail, you still did some damage to your car. You cannot hit a guardrail and not have some damage, and it might not just be your car. You may have some personal physical damage to your person as well. You might hurt somebody else even, and so a guardrail on the highway might keep you from possibly being killed or severely injured, but there's still going to be some serious damage and possible injury. They keep you from disaster, but not from damage. And so I'm thinking, wouldn't it be a cool thing not only to avoid disaster, but avoid damage as well? And that's when I got thinking about these rumble strips. Probably what happened is I'm probably thinking about the guardrail. I probably ran off the road and hit the rumble strip and made me think of it. Anyway, so, you know, those things, they allow you to self-correct before you hit the guardrail, before you do damage. All you hear is that, you know, and you... You wake up and you get back on, so to speak. They allow you to self-correct. And, and so just like the rumble strips on the highway, I was thinking, and, and we need to pay attention to rumble strips in our personal lives as well. You know, those things that maybe could alert us and help us to even avoid the guardrails, to wake us up before we get to the guardrail, avoid the damage that comes when we run too far off the road to alert us before we get hurt or before we hurt somebody else. Personal rumble strips uh, would help keep us from drifting from God's plan for our lives and for our relationships. And so, Barry developed the cover. Go back one slide. Barry developed the cover for our new DVD series. You can pick it up after service. Donate all the money to build the new church. Pick it up after service on Amazon. I'm just kidding. We're just kidding. We haven't. It's just fun. It's just kind of it's our own personal joke, I guess. Nobody else thinks it's funny. (laughs) Thank you, Barry. We enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway. See, they're all thinking they're going to pick it up after service. I know. They thought we were serious. You know what, though? You could write something. We could do it. You'd be very good at that. All right. Rumble strips. The focus of rumble strips this morning is on relationships. The warnings in our lives that alert us of possible trials and tribulations in dealing with people that allow us to make a course correction, to avoid serious damage in the future. We especially want to focus on the rumble strip with regard to marriage, because marriage is far too serious to not pay attention to. Now, I need to say that we have a very diverse congregation here. We have people who have have never been married, who are thinking about getting married. 
We have people who were married and currently are not for one reason or another, often beyond their control. We have people who find themselves alone because of, of death. And so we know that there's a whole bunch of people out here. And what we want to say to you is that we hope that there's just something that we can say today that maybe you'll be, whatever your station is in life, that perhaps God will use and maybe you can share with somebody else or apply something that we say to your own personal lives. So we know there's a lot of pain out there, but we just believe that God wants us to talk about this and we're depending on the Holy Spirit to use it for everybody here today. Mm -hmm. So the book of Proverbs, you find it in the Old Testament, written by Solomon. Now, Solomon is known as the wisest person to ever live. He was the son of King David, the wisest person to ever live. And, and this um, Proverbs are um, little uh, insights, valuable insights for wise and prudent living. They're especially offered to the young. He often in, in the, uh, in the uh, Proverbs is like speaking to a young man. I don't know who the young man is, but it might just be a generic, but uh, speaking to a young man. Uh, but in those Proverbs, they speak to the more seasoned. Isn't that a nice way of putting it? The more seasoned of us as well. And it's a, it's a place, I think, where we can find some rumble strips. So in chapter 5, Solomon shares some rumble strips that focus on impurity and infidelity as he warns a young man to steer clear of someone who would seduce him, of someone who would lead him astray. Solomon uses the metaphor of drinking water to encourage the faithfulness to one's spouse. So here you go. He writes, do you know the saying, drink from your own rain barrel, draw water from your own spring-fed well? It's true. Otherwise, you may one day come home and find your barrel empty and your well polluted. Your spring water is for you and you only, not to be passed among, around among strangers. Bless your fresh flowing fountain. Enjoy the wife you married as a young man, lovely as an angel, beautiful as a rose. Don't ever quit taking delight in her body. Never take her love for granted. Why would you trade enduring intimacies for cheap thrills with another woman, for dalliance with a promiscuous stranger? Mm. So there's a nice little rumble strip there. Enjoy the wife you married as a young man. Likewise, I would flip it, ladies. Enjoy the husband you married as a young woman. Now, if you're, you know, if you're, um, let's say, had a few birthdays under your belt, Keep in mind, young is a relative term, you know, so keep that in mind. And now, and the other thing is for those of you who have uh, a few years of marriage under your belts, then the question would be, are, are, are we taking the love of our youth for granted? Uh, you know, are we exactly what Solomon's talking about here? Have we, um, are we past that youth and are we taking it for granted? Uh, is there a rumble strip here that will alert us of some possible danger? So we're going to talk about some rumble strips. The first is the challenge of time and energy. Time and energy. You know, when you first get married or you're first in a relationship, 
There is so much time and so much energy. You remember what that's like? Look, everybody's like? thinking Think back that. and they're all going, oh. oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. So, I mean, it's like, well, and then life happens. Life happens. Oh, baby. <laughs> so we get in a challenge of a job and we might be working, you know, 10 or 12 hours. We're exhausted. You throw a kid or two or, or three four or four in the mix. Five or six. Um, there's lots of responsibilities in life. Lots and lots of responsibilities. And before we realize it, with all that coming in on us, in a marital relationship, sometimes we drift. We drift. And with the drifting comes leftovers. We start giving our spouse leftovers. I'm not talking And we're not about, talking meatloaf, are we? No, we're not talking meatloaf. Because there have been times when Alan has gotten my leftovers. I've given, given, given to everybody else around me, worked really, really, really hard, and there's nothing left to give. Now, it's really important to, I see some of you smiling now, so. They were talking to me, yeah. I think, we, so we, were, we were chatting. Here's the thing. We need to have grace. We need to have grace. There are days and there are weeks where pressure and all this comes at us in every direction. We need to cut each other slack. But when that becomes the norm, when that is just business as usual, there's the rumble strip. Be careful. And if you have kids in the mix, if you shortchange your marital relationship, you will shortchange your kids. That is truth. That's what happens. If you're a parent, and we have a lot of parents in this room, the best thing you can do uh, is focus on your marriage. And if, if you're single and you have parents, or if you're single and you have kids, the best thing you can do is, and this is true actually for marital relationship, focus on Christ first. That's what we do to help uh, raise a healthy generation of kids. Mm. Is this easy? No, it's not easy. It's not easy to set time apart, to spend time with our spouse. It's not, but is it necessary? Absolutely. Mm. We're um, painfully aware of a, a lot of couples who, who split after 20 plus years of marriage. And when that happens, you gotta go, gosh, what happened, you know? It, 20 years is a long time to then you know, was it something that had been building over the 20 years? Was it uh, at a point where you say, gosh, is this all there is? And, and, you know, you just have to wonder. But sometimes I'm aware that, that what seems to have happened is not across, this isn't a blanket, but this is a possibility that so much was poured into the job, perhaps, or especially poured into the kids that there, there weren't even leftovers sometimes. And, and then, you know, the kids got all the attention. And then the kids are heading out of the house or about to head out of the house, and you got two people there who, who don't even know each other hardly anymore because they haven't spent enough time with each other. They haven't focused on each other. Again, it's not a blanket statement, but it does happen. It, it's, it's, a, it's, kind of a, uh, it's kind of a rumble strip to say, wow, as you'd said, if you shortchange your marriage, you're going to ultimately shortchange the kids. And... and, and, and Gosh, how can, we, how can we avoid that? Well, I got to thinking about this for this message. I'm thinking, 
If you could, if you right now, I said, when was your last date with your spouse? And it's really hard for you to think when that was. That might be a rumble strip. It might be you need to, to have a few more dates. And Carrie and I see this differently. See, we'll be at the Acme. That's a date, right? In the frozen We're foods. Time apart. In the frozen yeah, food section. The women agree with me, Alan. She'll take my hand. Guys, this is a date, right, Alan? <laughs> we have different definitions of a date. I'm, I'm talking not the frozen food section of Acme, but maybe time when we can just talk and look at each other in the eyes and talk and have kind of a connection there. You know what I'm saying? Now, if the Acme works for you, God bless you. But anyway... Um, and, and, and you might say, uh, well, gosh, I, I just don't have the time. You, it doesn't have to be Broadway show and, and a five-course meal. It can be a pizza. It could be a long drive in the car. It could be, you know, just time together, not focused on the house jobs or the on, where you can really focus on each other. And I know young couples say, but gosh, those sitters are so expensive. I remember we didn't have family where when we were two hours from family, so we didn't get grandparents watching our kids. Dates were, ex were expensive, but we tried to make it happen. And I'm thinking, how if you don't have money for that, how do you make that? Well, find another young couple that you're friends with and say, can you watch our kids this week so we can go out, and we'll watch yours next week while you go out. I mean, you got to be creative, but you can't let it slide because, again, that's just a rumble strip. It's just... Waiting for, if you're not careful, you'll end up hitting a guardrail. And once you hit the guardrail, that's, that's damage, and damage is tough to repair. It's much easier if you can get right back on course when you hit the rumble strip. So here's another rumble strip. If you find yourself looking forward to spending time with someone other than your spouse, Hello. you kind of get like, ooh, this is going to be uh, you know, someone who makes you feel good, somebody who pays attention to you, somebody who compliments you. And yeah, I'm not talking about anything that we haven't dealt with. So, you know, for that, I'm just saying turn around and run. But this is a rumble strip that you have an opportunity. If, if you're feeling that, um, recognize it before you hit the guardrail. And you might say to yourself, well, I really haven't done anything wrong. That might be very true. Not yet. Be careful. You could be setting yourself up for some trouble. Um, pay attention to, to all this. Keep in mind what Jesus says, um, Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And women who look at men lustfully... Likewise, and, and maybe you're saying, I'm not lusting after that person. I'm just enjoying some time with them. Okay, but that's a first step. And first steps often lead to second steps, and second steps lead to third steps. And I've, over the years, I've heard people say, well, you know, I really didn't plan it. It just happened. Things don't just happen. There's steps. It starts little. It starts innocent enough and you don't recognize the guardrail, and you drift further and further out of the lane, and the next thing you know, I'm sorry, you don't hit the, hear the rumble strip, you drift 
The next thing you know, you're hitting the guardrail. It's a slow fade, a slow fade. A series of steps starts innocent enough, and before you know it, you're in too deep. Let me give you a suggestion. If, if you feel that you're, <laughs> that you're past the rumble strip, you better turn around as quick as possible and head back into your marriage as quickly as you possibly can before it just gets crazy and all, there's more damage done. So there's ways to avoid this. Here's one way. Try not to have one-on-one -on -one time with the opposite sex if you don't have to. Now we know in this work world, in this business world, that's sometimes pretty hard. But try, try to get really creative. We were talking to somebody recently about this and he shared that he had to meet a woman um, off-site at a job site and in order to make this work, to not have this one-on-one -on -one in the car, he asked a coworker to uh, join them. Now, it was a little bit awkward, um, but he said that it worked. And so that was one creative way that this guy um, protected himself but didn't want to put, put his female coworker in an awkward position. And it wasn't someone he was attracted. Either. It not wasn't anything going on at all. Just, yeah, just but it's situation. something to keep in mind. Um, you know, it's important to always be above reproach. It keeps people from making assumptions. It keeps people from starting rumors. I shared with you a few weeks ago that there was a time 20 plus years ago where a coworker and I, a male coworker and I, regularly at our lunchtime uh, drove together and had lunch at Subway. That's a romantic spot. Yeah, on somewhat of a regular basis. I mean, there was somebody who owned the subway. We knew we had a good time. But I'm telling you that rumors started. And it, uh, in some people's mind, damaged my character to them. It really compromised uh, the way people thought about me. And it was, there wasn't anything there. But there probably is, to this day, people who think that there was. And so be careful about um, being above reproach as much as you can be. Mm. I try not to go out for a meal one-on-one -on -one with a female other than my wife, my daughters, my sister, you know, someone, you know, like that. And, and even like meetings, I've had been on teams in Wilmington and Dover for district or conference functions where uh, there's somebody either in this church or close by who we could easily ride together would be just the two of us. So I, even though it costs more gas and all that kind of thing, drove by myself, not because I was fearful that this person and I would have anything going on, just you never, you never start, you never have to worry about it, and plus, it never looks like anything to anybody else. It, it just keeps it, like Carrie said, above reproach. It's, uh, sometimes it can be challenging, and sometimes it doesn't even make sense from a logical standpoint, Right. but we're not always talking logic. We're talking about stuff here. We're talking about these rumble strips and how to avoid problems. So our final rumble strip um, applies not only to marital relationships, but all relationships in our lives. And it's the rumble strip of self-centeredness. Self-centeredness, not talking self-care, I'm not talking about appropriate boundaries, but I'm talking self-centeredness, where we believe that we should be the focus of everyone else's uh, world, that it's all about us, um, and you know, pay attention to me, and gonna really do things to get attention, not good. That's a rumble strip that we all need to be careful about. 
And so when I find myself feeling uh, neglected or ignored or invalidated, um, sometimes it's just a mega pity party that I have for myself. And what I try to do and what we suggest is, you know, think about someone else. So I'll think, okay, what have I done for a friend recently? What have I done for Alan recently? How can I love and honor somebody important in my life? Kind of get the focus off of me because it feels really good to give back to other people. It feels really good to, um, to take the focus. And you know, when we get all selfish and everything, it really doesn't feel good when we live in that spot. It just is yucky. So being able to focus on the needs of somebody else helps move us from that self-centeredness to other-centered. Um, again, not self-care. I'm not talking about appropriate boundaries, but I'm just talking about not being selfish. Mm. Um, I'm looking at the list. I think we, we jumped over a couple here. We went to self-centeredness. Let me go back up to the one on time with the opposite sex, and let me just flip into that. Not just opposite sex, but too much time with people of the same sex at times. You know, it's important to have friends. It's crucial to have friends. We can't expect our spouse to meet every one of our uh, social needs. So it's important to have, uh, but if your best friend, if you're a guy, it should be a guy. Best friend, if you're a girl, should be a girl. You get what I'm saying here, unless other than your spouse. But it's important to that. But if you find um, that you are um, paying more attention uh, to your girlfriends than to your husband, rumble strip. If you find that you're out with the boys more than when you're out with your wife, rumble strip. You know, you got to have balance. And, and when you balance in your life, that balance should always tip in favor of time with your spouse as opposed to time with your friends. Another one of those rumble strips is sweeping issues under the carpet. When uh, we're in a marital relationship, there are times when things just, we just can't get past them. And they become bigger than we are. We can't, you know, there's just, it's not working. And so what we've done is we've sought the help of counselors more than once, more than twice. We've done it individually, we've done it together. We're encouraging you to do the same thing. Do not sweep things under the carpet. It just ends up getting a lumpy carpet and you're gonna break your leg. It doesn't work. We have resources of counselors. We also, um, we're willing, we're not experts, but we're willing to talk and, and walk alongside of you. There's probably nothing you can tell us that we would be shocked about at this point. We are invested. We love each one of you. We really do, and we want everyone here to thrive. And, and we can talk from experience because we've used those counselors at times, and they were crucial because they were places where we weren't able to get past it on our own. They had tools that helped us. They were able to objectively look at the situation where we were far too close and emotionally involved to be able to deal with it in a rational fashion. And so we would strongly encourage that. And so the question would be is, okay, this is all good. I could have got this from, uh, from uh, Dr. Phil. Why here at Connection Church all this? Well, I'll tell you why. Because our model for all this is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. As he began his ministry, he spent 40 days in the desert. You might know the story. He was in prayer and fasting. Anybody here ever fasted for 40 days? Well, they're I not going to raise their hand because they're supposed to be humble about it. Okay. I haven't, but probably because I know at the end of 40 day, at the end of 20 days, you'd be like really hungry. By 40, you would be extremely hungry, 
Always got to be careful when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I call it HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. That's when you're at your most vulnerable, very vulnerable. Jesus was uh, hungry, and I'm sure he was tired after 40 days, and that's when Satan visited him. He knows just when to hit. Jesus knows just when to hit us when we're at our, at our most vulnerable point. You know, Jesus was 100% uh, uh, divine, but also 100% human. And so he, Satan's hitting him on his human side, just like he does with us, hungry and tired. And he suggested Jesus, you know, out there in the desert, I'm sure there's some stones, kind of light brown, kind of could resemble a loaf of bread if you've been out there for 40 days in the desert. And I'm sure Satan's kind of looking at that going, hey, you know, you could turn that into some bread. Wouldn't that be a cool trick? And then you could eat. You could take care of that hunger that's gnawing at you. Well, Jesus didn't even pick up on that. What he picked up on was the Scripture, and he quoted it saying, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then Satan took him to the highest point at the temple, suggesting that he jump and allow angels to catch him. Boy, that would have been a great cool trick. trick. He would have been very famous for that. And Jesus quoted Scripture by saying, do not put the Lord your God to the task. <laughs> That's some way to kick off the ministry. And then he said, fine, Satan takes him to the highest, to a very, very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and offers them to Jesus if he would only bow down to Satan. Isn't that funny? Trying to offer him what Jesus already has. But if he would only bow down, just like he does to us, if you'll only bow down to Satan, just think what you might have. What a lie. Well, Jesus recognized the lie, so he told Satan to get away. Again, quoting Scripture, saying, For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan departed, and angels came and ministered to Jesus. And so Jesus recognized rumble strips. He recognized, you know, the rumble strips that Satan was putting in his face. You know, power and fame and title and possession. And aren't they rumble strips that we kind of have today where we're, we're lured in those directions. Jesus immediately turned from the danger. He knew the will of God. He knew the word of God. And that's why we believe it's so important for all of us to read the Bible so that we know the will of God. We know the word of God so that we can be focused, so that we can claim and hold on to the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit in our lives to recognize the rumble strips and get back in our lane. That's what we're talking about today, being able to stay in the lane that God has planned for you. You know, it's a really good model for us because Satan will hit us when we're at our most vulnerable, when we're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. when we are in need of attention, when we're wanting something that's not there, especially in relationship. You know, as we read in John 10, though, Jesus tells us this. He says, Satan's only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't ever forget that. Satan's only purpose for being is to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal your joy, steal our dreams, and destroy our relationships. 
destroy our relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, destroy relationships with others, and destroy the relationship with the person you're traveling through life with. Now, we recognize this, especially when we first started working together here at this church, you know. We have to be on guard all the time because Satan would love to destroy our relationship because if he can destroy us, he can destroy this, destroy our family, our children, our grandchildren, basically everything around us if we're not careful. So we have to pay very strict attention to what Satan wants to do. So pay attention to the rumble strips in your life. Wherever you are in your life, there are rumble strips that you need to pay attention with in your relationships. All these rumble strips that we've talked about today, um, we've experienced in one way or another. And whether we're, we're single or getting married or not married currently and may never be or we're widowed or we're widower, we all have rumble strips in our lives. So it's important to pay attention to them because God wants us to, to correct when we hit those strips to get back in the lane that God has planned for us. God has a hope and a future for each one of our lives, for your life. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will, we can allow God to order our steps to stay in the lane, to live the life that God promises so that we can thrive wherever we are in our lives. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, I know this is um, it's a tough message, especially um, for those of us who have experienced um, heartache, those of us who find us in places where we don't want to be. God, I would ask, and I know that you can give each one of us comfort in those spaces and places, and that you have a purpose and a plan, and that it's not marriage that completes us, but it's you that completes us. So thank you that you are able to uh, be our number one, and then everything else flows out of that. God, help us recognize the rumble strips in our lives, whatever they look like, and through the power of your Holy Spirit, keep us in the lane that we need to be in so that we can honor you and praise you with everything we've got. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray all this. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus.